Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right. Thanks, Scott Shannon. And thanks to all of you for being with us. Uh, we're expecting any moment now the verdict to be read. This is a civil case. E. Jean Carroll uh, versus uh, former President Trump. Uh, as it relates to an, an incident that she alleges occurred 27 or 28 or 29, she doesn't know exactly the year, uh, years ago um, in a Bergdorf Goodman's uh, department store changing room uh, where she says that uh, then, well, not then Donald Trump, not President Trump, uh, assaulted her in this uh, changing room. Uh, you've been to Bergdorf Goodman's, haven't you, Linda? I would say I'm not a frequent shopper there. I would say I'm a never shopper there. Uh, but yeah. anyway, so that's the accusation. Uh, she couldn't remember the date, but she's angry that Donald Trump denied it. There have been a number of other men that she's made similar allegations against, uh, even prominent men. Um, the jury, uh, came, literally, they got the case this morning. So if I had to guess based on my past understanding of how juries work, uh, if they, it's it, it probably in all likelihood would be guilty, I guess. Right. Don't you think, Linda? I mean, I have to assume. Yes. I mean, because if you look at it this way, I mean, one of the things that came up in this trial, number one, um, there was one witness for E. Jean Carroll that testified that, in fact, um, that she she remembered that Donald Trump had that E. Jean Carroll had called her immediately after the incident so she testified to that fact 27 29 years ago whatever it happens to be um the only other th the only thing that now donald trump did not participate in the trial uh there really was no defense that was put on here except the cross-examination by joe tacopino who's a really good attorney and in the one i think they brought in another woman that claim something similar now the defense did have one piece of evidence as i understood it that said something to the effect that there was some politics involved and that we have to stop them at all costs or something to that effect um but this is this is new york city if you are a conservative if you're a republican if your last name is trump the odds in my opinion of getting any fair jury is probably next to zero now on the other hand you know, getting a hung jury uh, would mean they probably would still be deliberating, in my view. But we'll find out when that. But can uh, we? Can I just? Well, raise they one did. Point. By the way, that just came in. Trump. Uh, the jury did find Trump liable for battery in the civil trial. Yeah. In this case, so this, this is a woman who cannot remember when it happened, but is able to detail what happened. 
And it, it caused her such emotional distress that 30 years later is when she's talking about it. That's- I'm just saying, I just, these are things to me that have to be said and cannot be ignored. All right. So they fi- found Trump liable for battery. Uh, apparently, they did not find him liable for the other allegation on rape, but yes, on battery. Anyway, the jury awarded E. Jean Carroll $2 million in the Trump civil trial. Uh, so basically, they think maybe something happened, but not what she said fully happened. I'm sorry, you have to speak on the microphone, guys. You can't just tell me. They also ear. found him guilty of defaming her. And guilty of defamation. Okay. And they awarded E. Jean Carroll $2 million in the Trump civil trial. I mean, I'm not surprised at all at at all about this this verdict. I mean, because you you have to have specific things. Now, there was a moment in this campaign too, on that campaign in this trial, where the defense offered Donald Trump's DNA as a means of comparing it. Do you have any physical evidence to say this? They found that he defamed Carol. They found that he was liable for assault, but they did not find him guilty on the rape allegation. Again, a civil trial, not a criminal trial. Very big distinction and difference. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Let me put it that way. I'm sure some people will make their statements, et cetera. If Joe Tacopina uh, speaks, maybe we'll take his comments and get his reaction to this. Uh, he is a really good lawyer. I will tell you that. Now, we have a lot of other battles going on and issues of the day that will follow. Um, now, Biden is finally meeting with Kevin McCarthy today. Oh, isn't that nice of him? Because for the last hundred days, he's been unwilling to meet with Kevin McCarthy. And now the debt ceiling, according to Janet Yellen, will expire. We will, we will default on our payments. The full faith and credit of the United States government is hanging in the balance. You're going to hear a lot of that in the next three weeks, assuming that it goes to the last minute. And it, what's interesting about this is McCarthy was pretty much begging Joe Biden to meet. So finally, with 22 days left, knowing that all spending should go through Congress, knowing that that McCarthy was begging him to meet, saying that he would not negotiate at any point during the process, but he was willing to have other talks and they haven't had it for 100 days. Now they're going to meet today as if that means something. It really doesn't mean much. You know, Biden on the debt ceiling. People are angry. Well, let's take a trip down memory lane. Let's go to 2011, then Senator Joe Biden talking about the debt ceiling. This is the debt limit. And it was, I don't want to use pejorative terms, it was used as the means by which, unless certain compromises were made, we would default on our debt. There's room within the budget to fund those priorities. But it's going to be, uh, you know, what it ordinarily would be, a normal political battle. How can you explain the fact that grown men and women are unwilling to budge up till now, and still some of them are still unwilling to budge, by taking an absolute position, my way or no way? I predict to you that a lot of those new members who came here with my way or the highway, they'll either be on the highway or they'll learn that they have to have compromise. All right, my way or the highway has been Joe's way. And I'm going to tell you what the calculation was here. The Democrats believed that it would be impossible for Kevin McCarthy to get 218, a majority of Republicans in the House, to vote on one plan. He did pull it off, and he won this vote by two votes. 
And the plan is very, very fiscally sound. One, the federal government would return to 2022 spending limits. Two, they would have a, a cap in terms of baseline budgeting where they, they build in increases every year uh, to pretty much every agency within government. They cap it at 1% growth per year, and that would be it. Um, and in exchange, they would raise the debt ceiling. A couple of other things in there that were worthwhile as well. So, um, so they meet 100 days ago. Joe Biden says he'd continue the conversation. He made a calculation Republicans would not stick together. And then to the credit of 43 senators, uh, they said, no, we're, we're sticking with the Republicans. There are 43 senators that are saying that they want the Republican House plan. So Kevin McCarthy was was called in uh, to meet with Biden today, uh, whether or not his caucus in 22 days. If you have a 222 majority, you have a, what, four or five uh, vote majority. The idea that you're going to get a majority of them to agree to any changes after they passed a fiscally responsible bill. And I forgot to mention that was scored by the Congressional Budget Office to save four point eight trillion dollars, four point eight trillion in 10 years uh, is a responsible plan. We can't continue. Look, economically, if you look at Joe Biden's, you know, uh, you know, information on the economy today. We learned today that already Joe Biden has raised the debt limit, the debt in the United States by, you know, what was it? Close to uh, how much is it? A uh, trillion dollars already this year. And it's only the, the, the fiscal year for the government starts in October. The Biden administration is already $900 billion over budget for this year alone. At what point does any party think about future generations here and the amount of money that we're going to have to pay to finance the debt on all this money that they're they're borrowing as now interest rates continue to skyrocket? You know, we see now banks are reining in lending because of the Biden banking crisis on top of the Biden inflation uh, crisis that is not transitory on top of the rest of the Biden economy based on horrific economic policies and horrific energy policies. By the way, Biden's big offshore windmill push well, keeps resulting in more and more whales washing up on beaches all over the United, all over the Northeast of the United States. Uh, Biden is out there promoting a White House economist. This guy once complained that gas prices were too damn low. Jared Bernstein is his name. Biden's nominee for chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors lamented in 2015 gas prices were too damn low. He was writing at the time when the cost of an average gallon of gas was $2.09, asserting that it's seriously underpriced and fuel costs had scary consequences for the environment because they stoked demand for fossil fuels. And he suggested a gas tax hike even as he acknowledged that low prices at the pump help working families. I thought they cared about working families. They obviously do not care about working families. Anyway, so Joe Biden, who in 2011 said it can't be my way or the highway, now he's in a situation where it is a real crisis. And if he thinks that Kevin McCarthy is going to have the ability, the power, the strength to go back to his caucus and alter this deal that they passed to increase the debt ceiling, they already increased the debt ceiling. And in exchange, they're saving $4.8 trillion in 10 years. In exchange, and by the way, it's interesting to watch Biden 
floating the idea that they may be able to thwart the constitutional provision that you can't spend a dollar without the permission of Congress. Spending that power lies with Congress, not with the executive branch. So, you know, they're making America's Americans poorer with their reckless spending. And if they want to put the full faith and credit of the U.S. government in jeopardy, that's now going to be on one man and one man only. Now, the media will lie to you. The Biden administration is already lying to you about this. And they're out there claiming, um, uh, no, Republicans are willing to cut back on Border Patrol agents. I'm like, you're, you're kidding me, right? The people that want to hire 87,000 new IRS agents? No, thank you. Anyway, on top of this, we got news today that now Biden is going after your dishwasher on top of your gas stove, on top of your air conditioner, on top of beef, on top of other products that we all love, like and desire, on top of your gas powered uh, automobile. Uh, the new appliances, the new dishwashers would have 27 percent less power and 34 percent less water if the White House all in as part of the White House's efforts to crack down on climate change. So Biden is now taking aim at dishwashers to tackle the climate crisis after the gas stove clamped down, after the air conditioning clamped down. You, you just can't even make this up. You know, and uh, this battle, Speaker McCarthy, I think, has been dead on accurate. He's been begging for 100 days to meet with Biden. Now, all of a sudden, they wait till the last minute. They call it I call it power panic politics. Wait till the last minute, pass something nobody reads and tell America you did a great job, pat yourself on the back, and go home. No, Republicans, they, they were elected to become fiscally responsible. They're demanding it, and they're demanding it rightfully so. I mean, in, in seven months, $928 trillion in overspending by the Biden administration for fiscal year 2023. We have recession warnings all over the place. Uh, the latest bank lending survey shows further contraction of the economy. Uh, as of Thursday, the border is going to be an un, uh, unmitigated disaster as, as you have tens and tens and tens of thousands of people dying to get in once Title 42 is lifted. You know, this is now we're two days away from Title 42 expiring. Uh, when we come back, I'll update you on, on the very latest with the investigations. Uh, regarding what's going on with James Comer. And later on, we'll also check in with Jim Jordan of the House Judiciary Committee. Anyway, but the other news that just broke at the top of the hour, former President Trump was found liable for sexual abuse and defamation. Uh, I'm sorry, he's been ordered to pay more than $5 million in damages from a case that goes back some 27 or 29 years. Uh, the jurors found a lawsuit uh, that she claimed the president had raped her in a fitting room. Uh, they did not find the former president guilty of that. But the defamation is because he called it a hoax publicly. I guess you're not allowed to have public opinions without paying money for it. All right, quick break. We'll come back. All the other news of the day. Jim Jordan will join us uh, and much, much more as we continue. Uh, and I first want to tell you before we take a break about the Tunnels to Towers Foundation, 9-11-2001, 2,977 of our fellow Americans lost their lives that day. And by the way, still today, 9-11 related illnesses are continuing to take lives. You have a whole generation that knows little to nothing about our nation's darkest day. Now, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, they have their 9-11 Institute. They are writing this wrong, educating kids K-12 through about 9-11 
They have their nonfiction first-person accounts that are told through videos and their Discovering Heroes book series. Now, these accounts are very moving, unparalleled. Kids won't forget true stories like this. And the Institute has a full curriculum unit for schools, scripted social study lessons, activities, backgrounds for teachers. They have a speakers bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, loved ones. They have their mobile exhibit, tractor trailer museum I've been telling you about. Their Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships. So to never forget, they're asking all of us, join Team Hannity and pledge $11 a month. That's all they're asking so they can continue this great work. Go to their website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation.